14 minutes it is uh, after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our tech conversations this evening. And uh, yeah, we had touched uh, or started to pick up on uh, some of the debates in the taxi industry from a tax perspective, but also uh, the performance of one of the big financiers and insurers uh, of the minibus taxi industry, and that's uh, Transaction Capital and their subsidiary SA Taxi. And uh, this evening for our tech conversation, we speak to the CEO of Transaction Capital, um, not necessarily about the the taxi business, although we might touch on that, uh, but uh, I guess you know their moves uh, within the we buy space and uh, what they see that as uh, the synergies there, and uh, not only with the existing businesses, but with where uh, I guess the world of uh, automotive, uh, you know, logistics, and uh, many other spaces are moving towards. And he joins me. Now on the line this evening uh, to talk about uh, some of these issues. And uh, David Herberts, uh, the CEO of Transaction Capital, is my guest. And uh, good evening, uh, David, and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. David, let's maybe start off here. I mean, um, you know, you guys put out some interims today. And, uh, you know, before we get into We Buy Cars and uh, some of the prospects that you see in that space, I want us maybe to talk briefly through some of these interims. Um COVID-19, certainly a tough uh, moment for yourselves in uh, the year 2020, where effectively many of your clients um, couldn't operate at all uh, during the hard lockdown. Yeah, um, I mean, COVID-19 was a very difficult year. 2020, uh, for us and like most companies uh, around the world, uh, was very different. Um, For the first time since we've listed, our, our profits reduced. And for the first time since we've listed, we didn't pay a dividend. So um, really a very difficult year. Um, and for that reason, I'm, I'm not using 2020 as a benchmark or a base. We're keeping 2019 as mm. our benchmark. And I'm very happy to say that uh, all of our businesses grew, both operationally and uh, in terms of profit, above their 2019 levels. So um, I think we've had a really strong and good recovery um, out of COVID. And um, I think it's driven by the fact that our businesses are really resilient. Mm. Uh, on the one hand, you know, we finance the taxi industry, the greatest component of public transport in South Africa, an essential service. Um, on the other hand, we are, have a very large uh, debt recovery business. And mm. in this environment, our clients like the banks and the retailers need, need help in recovering bad debts. And then uh, we buy cars where more and more people are opting to buy a second-hand car and opting to do that uh, you know, through e-commerce as opposed to physically. Mm-hmm. So, so I think we're very well positioned. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's maybe talk about, uh, you know, uh, we buy cars for a second. I mean, you guys first came in here and uh, got nearly just under 50% uh, of this particular business. You're looking to uh, increase your holding by 25%. Uh, talk to us about the rationale of doing so. And I guess uh, a lot of that one would think is influenced by some of the growth that you've seen in the used car market. Yeah, absolutely. So it's driven by a few things. Um, you know, first of all, the growth in the used car market is an international phenomenon at the moment. I think the world over, what we're seeing is that uh, consumers have strained disposable income and hence they are opting to, you know, buy a second-hand car as opposed to a new car. Um, I think um, vehicle uh, manufacturers, we call them OEMs, have, have had to increase the price of cars so that kind of adds to the problem. And for this reason, uh, new vehicle sales the world over have reduced year on year for the last few years, but used vehicle sales have grown. So we like that. I think the other thing which is really interesting is that um, used vehicles are kind of like one of the last and certainly one of the largest 
um, asset classes to now, um, you know, turn into the e-commerce space, where more and more cars are either being bought or sold online via e-commerce, and, and we buy cars is really very good at that. Mm. So we like we like that, and why we want to grate the stake is that the final thing is that um, the the vehicle market is a very large opportunity to also sell insurance and vehicle finance, vehicle mm. insurance and, and private mm. vehicle finance. And we are the specialists at that. So eBuy Cards is very excited to have us as a majority shareholder where we can grow um, that side of the business. Sure. So in a way, it's really, I guess, about sweating your asset base um, in the provision of you know, financing, but also the insurance leg uh, to a much wider set of sort of uh, uh, assets on top of that particular you know, uh, infrastructure. Absolutely. We've got the ability to, to insure and to finance. And we think, you know, with rebar cars selling about 8,000 vehicles mm. a month and buying 8,000 vehicles a month, you know, there's big, big finance and insurance sure. opportunity. And we'll also drive, you know, we are a tech-based business mm. and we'll also help them drive their e-commerce strategy. Um, just a year ago, they were only selling 4% of vehicles via e-commerce. Mm. And COVID actually advanced that for them because all of a sudden they said to people, you can't come in anymore. Uh, if you want to buy the car, you've got to buy it online. Yeah, I mean, now sitting yeah. at 40% mm. of our vehicles being sold online. So sure. that really has been a, a big growth area and we'll continue to go mm. in that regard with them. David, I want us to pause here for a second uh, while we take a quick spot break. When we come back, I want us to uh, unpack uh, you know, some of the benefits of technology in your model uh, much further, not just, I guess, on the transactional end of things, but I'm also quite interested uh, you know, in the pricing of your risk products and uh, even uh, in your uh, you know, transaction capital risk services business, um, you know, where you see technology playing a critical part in many of those verticals. And we'll continue after this brief break. 22 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our Tech Conversations here on Metro FM Talk. And uh, this evening here on the Mighty Metro, we are in conversation uh, with uh, David Hurwitz, who's the CEO of Transaction Capital, uh, Transaction uh, Capital, and uh, talking to him uh, about uh, the interims they put out, but also uh, the role of technology in uh, many of the verticals they operate in, uh, which uh, I guess are a combination of finance uh, and insurance and uh, also the role of uh, the automotive sector in its many forms, be it minibus, taxis, or even uh, cars uh, uh, in uh, the form of we buy cars. And maybe before we get to, to, I guess, the vehicles themselves, let's start there on the financing. I mean, you guys, uh, through one of your subsidiaries here, effectively buy uh, non-performing or loans that aren't performing as well as they should uh, and effectively use your debt collection muscle to uh, make some of those loans performing uh, and uh, effectively, I guess, make whatever spread or margin you make from that. Um, talk to me about where technology plays a role in that uh, and also, I guess, in some of your other businesses where effectively you have to be scoring risk uh, and really pricing that effectively into what you charge. Yeah, debt recovery business is all driven by by data and analytics um, and algorithms. Um, essentially, what we do is we we help uh, banks, retailers, municipalities, telcos, anybody who has a an exposure to the consumer at large scale. We help them um, uh, recover on their uh, amounts due to them. Mm. Uh, and this is very important because we need the credit cycle in South Africa to work well because people live on credit. And to the extent that banks can't collect on their debts, then what happens is the balance sheets get clogged up and what happens is the people who are a good risk end up paying a higher price, uh, subsidizing the people who are a bad risk. So it's very important uh, to keep the credit cycles healthy and it's also very important to rehabilitate 
over-indebted people. So there's a big social element into this business. Um, the way that we do it is all driven through through technology and algorithms. Because we have a huge database of, of non-performing South Africans, what we can do is we can actually ascertain if the person has the right um, probability of repaying his debt. So mm. uh, if, you're, if a bank is collecting, the bank will only have his own data, but we have data, uh, we call it horizontal data, data about how this consumer is performing at his bank, um, maybe other banks in, with the retailers. Is he paying his municipal account? Is he paying his cell phone account? So we'll have a very good view because we collect for mm, everybody mm. Um, and we'll understand if the person can actually pay. Yeah. Uh, then what's important is we also score contactability um, because we are, are sucking information on the consumer for lots from lots of different corporate entities. We have the best ability to contact him. So a bank might have an outdated number, but we have a more mm, relevant number mm. uh, from somewhere else. Uh, and then we score transactability. So how does this person like to pay? Does he typically use a credit card? Does he like to walk in store? Does he pay on the internet? And from that, we will then build a campaign. So if someone has a high probability to pay his debt and the amount isn't too big, let's think of something like a SABC TV license, mm. then really what we would do there is we'd say, this guy isn't over-indebted, he can pay, um, typically, he responds to an email. We have an email address, so let's try collect on this guy digitally, which is very cheap. Versus someone in the middle, you might need to phone, and, and the algorithm mm. would decide if that is just a friendly call or a more aggressive call. And eventually, you'd work your way down to a legal process. Sure. So, sure. Um, so it's all about kind of designing a strategy which is best suited to the individual. And once you've got the data and the analytics right, then the next thing to do is that you have to do it on a large scale. Mm. And we collect on about from about 15 million people, um, probably about 30 to 40 billion rand a year of, of face value of collectible comes mm. through our business. Sure. And there the tech is very important, things like dialers, things like workforce management mm. and that type of thing because we are a large employer. We've got about four to 5,000 people working in a call center trying to recover on this debt. And you really have to have mm. very very, very effective operating system. I mean, David, in that context and with what you've painted to me, I mean, it does clearly suggest that you guys have more data points on uh, the taxi industry than even some of the people who are thinking about regulating that sector. Um, you know, in our previous conversation with our guest, Nessipo, one of the things she was suggesting was that if the government is even thinking of trying to recover uh, any of its tax, uh, they potentially should be speaking to you guys. Look, certainly, certainly, when it comes to the taxi industry, there that the the unique data set that we have there is um, we have tracking devices in all of the vehicles that we finance mm. and insure, and that gives us a very good view of of the mobility of the vehicle, and of course, um, kilometres driven or mobility is very highly correlated with profitability of the of that minibus taxi. So what we will do is before someone comes uh, to apply for credit. Uh, he'll have a, a, a license to run a certain route. We'll go into our database and see how many other operators we have running that route, route and how profitable they are. And accordingly, could this guy then uh, uh, accept the credit um, because he's on a good route? So we'll score the route. Um, and we use that for credit underwriting. Mm. We then use the tracking device to work out on a monthly basis how that particular individual is doing. So when we do credit underwriting, we score route in aggregate. But on a monthly basis, we'll score his performance that, that month. So 
if um, on aggregate he travels 12,000 kilometers a month and this month he's traveled 14, we would say you've had a good month, maybe you can catch up some arrears. Mm. Versus if he's only traveled eight, we'd say, well, you haven't traveled enough. And this we did during COVID. We can see you haven't traveled enough. We know you can't pay your installment, but we know what you can pay. You can pay some of it. And then we use it, obviously, to to um, manage risk around mm. uh, insurance underwriting, uh, identifying insurable events, accidents, etc. So we use this we use this data um, both on aggregate around the entire industry, mm. around specific associations, around specific routes, and then around individual operators. And we really do know a lot about uh, the operator. And I think you're right, more than. More than most would know, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's that's the point. I mean, that's why I wanted to talk to you because, you know, in a model like this, um, you know, a lot of the data effectively becomes something that not only reduces some of your wholesale financing costs, some of the costs that you have to shoulder, but uh, that effectively, I guess, you know, uh, might have a much wider societal benefit. Um, and uh, ha- have you had any of those conversations? I mean, have you had any people that are trying to think about this, be it the co- competition authorities, you know, the taxman, the National Treasury, or, or I guess the Department of Transport coming and saying, hey, we'd like to, uh, you know, have you guys come on board, help us with some data that you have at your disposal that can effectively have a model that is uh, enabling of the sector rather than one that just looks to punish and maybe police it. So, you know, what we've done is uh, we have some talk of is the the um yes one of your shareholders the, eh? the, yes they're yeah. a shareholder in our business they own 25 percent mm. of sa tax yeah so the industry in truth owns a stake of the business and what we do is we together with the industry try and use all the data that we have uh, to engage with regulators so for example um during COVID, when uh, the industry was engaging around um a subsidy and that this is ongoing uh, you know, we were providing a lot of the data into that type of a discussion as to, you know, how much, you know, how many kilometers the industry travels, how many people they move, uh, etc. So, uh, yes, we have, we have done it, but always, you know, on the side of the industry um, to try and get a better regulated industry. Mm. And, of course, if you've got a better regulated industry, then it means the industry transforms to become all in all a better industry. Sure, um, sure. So, you know, it's that type of thing. We've engaged heavily with, for example, Toyota, who's the largest manufacturer of minibus taxis, mm, mm. Uh, to try and get them to understand, you know, what the pricing point of the car needs to be. Um, so there's a lot of engagement uh, with with industry counterparties, be it regulators or, or the big suppliers, uh, to try and improve the state of the industry. Yeah, yeah. David, we'll have to leave it there. Real pleasure catching up with you. And thank you very much for the master cu- masterclass, I guess, on uh, using <laughs> data uh, to uh, uh, reduce one's uh, foreseeable risks. Uh, and I guess also the world of underwriting, uh, which is a critical part of your guys' business model. And once again, uh, well done on uh, the good showing. Thanks so much. Great being on your show. Awesome stuff. Uh, David Hurwitz, the CEO there of Transaction Capital, uh, who are the parent company to SA Taxi. Uh, one of the largest financiers and insurers of uh, minibus taxis, which move all of us in this country uh, in the main, uh, probably one of the one uh, transport nodes that is used by more South Africans than any other, uh, the minibus taxis. And these guys make sure that um, those taxis effectively leave the showrooms, uh, but uh, are also uh, insured uh, in case of any unforeseen events that might have a bearing on the operation of these businesses as enterprises. But also, I guess the message to the tax man is that uh, hey, if you need 
more precise to date uh, and to the minute information about how taxis are operating, what they're collecting, how much money they're making. Well, it seems David Herbert and his team might be your friend.